Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode hello hello welcome back to the consummate athlete podcast peter how's it going it's going well i got it on my mountain bike again and i saw the sun for a brief moment so that was that was a positive this week after having a, a pretty negative few days i would add there was some down days yep for sure went from feeling really fit the week before gotten some good volume and then thought i was going to have to quit and then came back so it, it does ebb and flow Yes, absolutely. It's actually funny, though. I feel like I had almost the the opposite where I was having kind of a, a low week. I think just uh, and I'm sure plenty of our listeners experience this. Like we were back at my parents for a couple of weeks to sort of train in slightly warmer weather. And so I could see them. And I definitely find like you do pretty well when we're home and it's getting warmer in the spring. But I I think just because I'm at home with my family and I'm trying to prioritize spending time with them and training and working and doing all of the things I end up feeling a little more lackluster. Mm -hmm. uh, so getting back just into our normal groove of, of work and training has been good. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. And I, I think, you know, everything ebbs and flows. So it's, you know, not making large decisions on the, you know, just because of a day. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, cool. So all of that leads to the, the big question for you, which is, are you going to tackle the BT 700 bikepacking route this year? Yeah, I'm not sure. I had a good ride with my friend, Eric Batty, who we've had on the podcast a few times and is quite an adventurer, uh, m much more than myself. Uh, but we've done some smaller adventures over the years. So we're talking about doing uh, the no winter maintenance, which is a, a shorter sort of one to two day, maybe bikepacking uh, route in Ontario. So uh, our guest today, Matthew Cady, is the brain power and navigation power behind uh, a lot of our Ontario bikepacking loops. So to your question, Eric and I are talking about maybe doing uh, the BT 700 as well, which is the bigger 700 kilometer loop, uh, okay. but, but now, just casually. It has to be asked that you just mentioned the no winter maintenance is like maybe a one day if you like really push it. If you do it in one day, is it still bikepacking or does that become a gravel well, race? Well, so that's where Eric and I, Eric's, you know, more on the eh, bikepacking is not so bad. It's a good time. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. As long as I don't have to carry anything and I can finish it in a day, I'm, I'm on board for bikepacking. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think that's bikepacking. No, no. And I guess that's the, you know, the topical thing as we release this, this past week, there's been a lot of, uh, what, what, what was the quote? It was something to the effect of uh, solo, unsupported, Bike pack racing is losing its its spirit or its way or something like this. So we're in a point of disruption in the bike packing world. A very very small point of disruption. <laughs> yeah, add. most of the people who do it are probably fine and haven't checked the social media, so that's mm -hmm. that's good. But yeah, so yeah, I, will I do it this year? I don't know. I'm still you know this these long rides. I'm still not sure about for myself. But a lot of people are really into them. So we have Matthew Katie back today, second time back. And we're really getting an update on bikepacking. It's, it's a little hyper local as far as Ontario, but I think a lot of our listeners, you know, could consider coming to Ontario and checking out these big bikepacking routes, this BT 700 being sort of our crown jewel, but there being several variations, both longer and shorter from there. I'm a little bitter that we can't be like, and our sponsor, the government of Ontario. Well, we do talk about there is an Ontario subsidy. You have to be in Ontario, but you can 
actually uh, expense or, or, you know, get a tax credit if you stay in Ontario as an Ontario resident and like go to a campsite or go to a hotel. Uh, So there is a bit of a a clawback, as they say there, for Ontario residents uh, this year, this 2022 very nice. Yeah, I think we I think they had that last year as well. I think it was like sort of an attempt to keep people staying sort of closer to home, uh, which is pretty cool. I think we've we've looked at it a few times. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the bike packing thing is definitely getting super interesting, super intriguing. Uh, I get to say that because my my great, great, great uncle back in like the early 1900s sort of was one of the original bike packers. He so did, do you get to say that or are you actually disagreeing I, and saying that bike packing has been big forever? Oh, good point. Um, I, I get excited about it because like the reason I got into writing was because my my great, great many times uh, uncle actually wrote like a little memoir about his bikepacking adventure from New Jersey to California back in the. Uh, they probably called it touring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they called it really anything. Right. It was just I have a bike and I'm going to ride it I, to California I have to get out there. Yeah. Um, so he wrote a little memoir about it. And I think what's always funny to me is that was not that was not what got me into cycling. That's what made me decide I wanted to write books. Sure. Um, but obviously, uh, I've followed in his footsteps in, in many ways here. Okay. Um, well, it's like I say, it's, we talk a lot about bikepacking a little bit on the, you know, how to, you know, I think we get into fueling as well. Uh, but probably the most urgent thing, you know, here in uh, what are we, April, May 2022, uh, is that in June they're doing uh, this no winter maintenance, which is sort of a one, two day. I think it's around 270 kilometers, if I remember right. Uh, they actually have a, a campsite arranged and you can do it whatever pace you want and then sort of camp for the night with a group and then come back. So you can check that out on, I think, the BT700 or bikepacking dot com bikepacking ontario there you go yeah and yeah, yeah bt700.ca bt there you go i'm sure you'll find it yeah and while you're while you're poking around the internet looking for some places to do some signing up if you need to create a sign up sheet for something see that smooth transition right. there see how i did that uh you can check out today's sponsor payable apps uh, so this is an app or an add-on rather that lets you make a google form collect information but then also collect payment that's right. Yeah, you've probably used Google Forms lots of times. This just lets you collect payments, which you would think you could do, but you can't. So this is what the payable plugin or the payable add-on for the Google Workplace actually lets you do. And it integrates, of course, with Google Forms, Google Sheets. You can sort of do a bunch of different things once you get that Google Sheet with all your participant names or your, your client names. Yeah, so I love this. I mean, if you were planning, in this case, like a bikepacking thing with a couple friends, this is actually a super clean way to organize you know who has tents who has stoves who has the stuff and then even collect payments then for the campsites that you're going to be renting for your group or you know however you work that i think that's just like such a smart way of organizing these group things without having to send a bunch of venmo or e-transfer requests sure just a really any, smooth any small thing. business or we have you know there's, there's been teachers we've seen use this we've seen uh what else we have uh Event registration. That's right. Like small business. Camps. Like, camps. A clinics. lot of a lot of like t-shirt type. Yeah, things. people selling t-shirts. Gear. A lot of fundraisers too. Mm-hmm. Like if you're actually collecting money for a fundraiser, or you know, if you're say a young athlete who's trying to collect sponsorship dollars from friends and family, and sort of get your get your name out there to raise money for something like going to worlds, uh, instead of using one of these sites like GoFundMe, which I find personally just like a little 
tricky because you're not really a fundraiser for a nonprofit. You're a kid trying to go to Worlds. I think this is a much more like honest approach, and it also actually saves you several percentages sure. in fees. Sure. So. so that was payablepluggins.com? Yes, or payableapps.com. Or even if you just click the puzzle piece top right in your Google form as you're making it, you can probably find it that way as well, and you go to the add-ons. That's what the puzzle piece is all mm -hmm. about. And it takes like two seconds to set up. Super easy, super quick. We love it. We've used it. Highly, highly recommend. Check it out over at payableapps.com. And without further ado, let's uh, let's get into this episode with Matt Katie. Enjoy. You know, you're the the head honcho here of Bikepacking uh, Ontario. Is that is that what you call yourself, or what, what title do you give yourself? <laughs> uh, dietitian, because that's what pays the bills. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, and, and so you, there's all these different. I see. I didn't realize there was like a, a website for the BT and then the GNR yeah. and all these. So are you operating all these these websites? Yeah, I operate the well. The BT 700 has the routes that I created, and then I decided because you know a lot of people are creating more routes now. I did the um, the bikepackingontario.com website, so other people can contribute web, uh, different routes as well. Cool. So, okay. Well, that's yeah. a new one. I don't know if I've even seen that website. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. All right. Cool. So anything, you know, so we have, uh, last year I was excited. There's the no winter maintenance route sort of as close to home here. So that, that seemed like it was a more approachable, you know, bikepacking route, something in the, what is it? It's 250, 270, uh, that came out. Yeah. It's in that range and it just kind of pieces together a few different roads that didn't quite work in the BT 700. So, and it's a, it's, that's a good one for people to tackle on the weekend mm -hmm. and still, you know, still pretty challenging, a lot of climbing, a lot of rougher terrain, but yeah, <laughs> definitely less of a commitment. Cool. And then, so did you see a lot of people sort of using that in, in that way? They sort of like their first bike packing or like a, a big day out, they couldn't get away for too long or something. Did you find that was the way they used it? Yeah, that and it was more it seemed to be more more popular early in the season, like in the spring, just people kind of testing out, testing out the waters and their gear and stuff like that. So, uh, hmm. okay, um, that yeah, sounds like a good. A good uh, uh, like if someone was going to go for a you know a supported say FKT on on the, the one of these big ones like the BT seven hundred, would it, it, that's probably would that be a good thing? Do you think? Was that what you would advise someone maybe trying that one out first? Yeah, most of the time I do <laughs> suggest people, uh, you know, go on something a little less demanding to start. But I know like last year, quite a few people just jumped into the BT 700 as their kind of first ever, you know, bikepacking or touring, bike touring kind of thing. And, you know, they had troubles, but some people got through it and it's not like they didn't enjoy it overall. So to say that you shouldn't do a harder tour at the start. I don't think I've kind of lessened my uh, stance on that right. in the last couple of years. <laughs> Fair enough. And I mean, it is, you know, assuming they're prepared, we, we had a few people, it seems like around St. Hampton, there's always these people who end up like in rainstorms and they think there's hotels or something and there's, yeah. there's, nothing, <laughs> there's nothing there, but they, yeah, they, some people in trouble assume they could like get on a train or something. <laughs> yeah. There's some sections definitely where it's uh let's say more quoted self-supported mm, <laughs> right right you need to figure things out all right so is there anything you know as far as bikepacking news i think even globally is there anything like you know in in the news as far as bikepacking nothing so much i know like i could tell from a lot of people that have done my roots is that this year is going to be a massive year for the um the uh tour to divide or the great divide route 
oh runs from Banff to New Mexico uh, just because the border has been closed for the last couple of years so there's all this pent-up energy interesting so, okay that's yeah, good. I don't know if you you have any clients that are gearing up for that or not but I've heard a ton of people saying that they're going to be heading out west in June to tackle that route okay okay huh is there any predictions like is there someone who you're like thinking is going to go for it and like is there like records to be set or what's going on with that (laughs) oh there's definitely records to be set but i don't really follow the racing scene Mm. and the bike scene that much so it's hard to say but uh with that much uh excitement about it i'm sure there's going to be some gung-ho people right Right. I would think so. You know, and it's been, it's almost like some people probably have channeled their energy so much into this, like individual pursuit, you know, challenges, bikepacking, whatever, uh, where now they've almost, you know, they got like two years of high level training, (laughs) perhaps I'm surmising that then maybe we are going to see like a big change in some of these, you know, quote unquote racing bikepacking, you know, FKTs. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, they're just going to be more of that style. Of racing and you're going to see more uh you know some of the ex-pros going like for those things so, like i'm i'm just dying to see like a ted king or lachlan morton try, it, try to go for something like the tour to divide and see what they can do it do with it because they I mean they've been doing more of the touring now and the bike packing and they have such as you know like they have such engines that just never really goes away mm-hmm. so once they can I'm just finding like once they can morph the endurance that they have built up from the tours, uh, the grand tours, the road riding with um, kind of understanding how bikepacking works and the mental aspect of that. And, you know, um, carrying stuff on your bike, then those those uh, those times will just keep on getting more and more less and less. Yeah. I mean, and especially now that some of these big things they've done are so big compared to, I mean, the tour divide is, is quite long too, I guess, but um, you know, any, uh, even wonder for something like the BT 700 or some of these, you know, we'll say shorter in quotation marks, but uh, even wonder for those, like what's, what's even possible. Yeah. And I've heard uh, rumors of like even running kind of like training camps on bikepacking routes, something like totally different than just, um, you know, the day rides here and there you know, people bringing in like people that are gearing up for, you know, something like um, Unbound or those like really high end gravel rides and doing, but doing like training on like a multi-day kind of off-road tour. Yeah. I mean, I've pondered similar thing really, right. Some level of support and you could, you know, as you say, you do 200 K a day or, or whatever, whatever the number is a century a day or, or whatever for three, four or five days. Uh, Yeah. It would be quite a good adventure. Yeah, perfect training and like, yeah, different type of venture than doing like just say, you know, a 12 hour mountain bike race or, uh, you know, a 24 hours mountain bike race. Like that's a different way of looking at doing a different style of training on the bike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then in, I'm trying to think in Ontario, then you're, you're doing this, your grand departs going to, you know, do you think that'll be a bigger thing this year? This is in June, June 16th. Is that right? Uh, Sunday, June 19th. 19th. Okay. So, um, what are you thinking? Yeah, so is far, this, are you ready for the crowd or what? Yeah, I think so. This I'm totally gearing up for it. So over a hundred riders so far are on the list. Okay. I'm actually, my goal this year was, yeah, to have like a hundred riders on the start line. I mean, there's always people that don't show up or kind of drop out so 
if I could get like 150 people signed up, that would probably get closer to the 100. Wow. Um, after the last two seasons, I'm really looking forward to having like the kind of the mass start and making that whole weekend more of like a kind of a festive atmosphere. Um, is the, in, is the intention that it is like a, a grand part, like a just everyone rolls? Everyone rolls out. <laughs> yeah. Huh. yeah. And I know from the first year I run it that like I didn't, wasn't knowing how great that is, but it's really like a, a totally unique experience to have all these riders line up with all their bikes and loaded up bikes and just, you know, talking with each other and, and getting kind of the atmosphere with that for the grand apart is just, Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then is it, it's not like a race though, but like, no, imagine like, it's separate. <laughs> imagine it separates yeah. naturally. Yeah, after I guess. like the first five minutes, some people may never see each other again. But right. Right. Yeah. It's not, Everybody after the start, everyone just rides at their own, their own kind of pace, or if they're with friends or with a group, to the pace of that little smaller group. Hmm. Um, so I always have to make sure people understand that it's not like 150 riders riding 700 kilometers together, because hmm. that would. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I again, I've been sort of toying with it. It, it scares me a little bit. This idea of bike pack. I'm very much used to these like 90 minute uh, race around a hamster wheel. Um, yeah. but I'm like, I'm pretty familiar with this stuff I've done, you know, in my life, I've done 24 hour mountain bike races and I'm like, ah, I wonder what's possible. So what do you think? Like, what is, what is it? Let's assume just solo going for it. No support. What do you think's possible? So carrying all your stuff. Yeah. Assuming you're not going to stop yeah. though. Like, do you think that's possible? Okay. Can you go without stopping? Uh, that I don't advise people try it and it really okay. backfires towards the end. You right. need to rest. Yeah. Even like um, last year's, well, the fastest no time now for the BT 700 is 54 hours, just over 54 hours, okay. which was set by Theo last year. Um, he's really honed his craft. So he knows like as much as he can push himself and also like where he needs to rest. Mm -hmm. I think it's, um, it could be a mistake just to just try to keep hammering it out and out and out without resting yeah. at some point. Um, just even like, you know, some of the, the best alter endurance bike packers are just saying like, even if you lie down for an hour, that could be like a world of difference. Right. Right. Just mentally and physically. So tough with biking, especially on the open roads, right. Even just, you know, people suing and whatever aside, but you, you wouldn't want to crash. Right. And it's versus, you know, Molly just did this hundred mile, uh, and people are up, you know, 30 hours. I think some people might've been like 50 hours, like, but I, I don't know. Do you think it's different because it's a bike, I guess, right on an open road versus just walking? Yeah, but it could be, I would think it like at a certain point where you're suffering from such sleep deprivation, I would think after a while, it can get kind of dangerous. Yeah. Like, um, for example, towards the end of the BT 700, there's a long stretch of rail trail where there's like uh, road crossings in frequent intervals and like what happens if you just have a brain fog you're so tired and you just kind of zone out you know, to stop or something like that so that's one thing i always worry about well i uh, think on the bike especially because it's you know a pothole or a road crossing or especially at night pop up so yeah quickly whereas when at molly's race when we were supporting this there was all these you know people who had done all these hundred miles so you get talking to some of them and the one guy was saying and i'm sure you have bikepacking stories like this but he's saying he was running along in the forest at night it was like three in the morning you know there was only so much I, I, there wasn't much left in the race as well and i guess he, he just 
sort of like shook because he was so scared he saw a person standing as if it as if they were a tree but they were sleeping standing up <laughs> and it oh was like you know concern are you okay and then they were like oh yeah how much is left <laughs> he's like three miles yeah. yeah and i've heard stories of like the ram the race across america where people start like they fall asleep on the bike and next thing you know they're like way over in the like the road like in the middle of the road and like oh it's like oh my god that's so dangerous right so there's a fine line between mm-hmm. too much you know too much rest if you're going first time versus too little where it actually backfires on you yes and that's where practice and experience comes in yeah it's it's always that great unknown for sure of you know i think you even see that in 100 milers and 200 milers you know everyone can race like i i, I think i'm pretty good for 100k but it's definitely that patience early that, you know, that's, you know, if you go too fast in that first bit, right. And I, you know, over 24 hours or 50 hours, it just gets so magnified. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every hour after that becomes, uh, you're right. It's like, it's, it's not like a linear curve. It just kind of <laughs> goes. You sort you know, of sl- slowly fade, I guess. Right. But yeah, yeah it's, hmm. It's a scary thing, but it's a fool. I think we'll play with it in some fashion this year. I think definitely the the no winter maintenance. I'll give a, a go and uh, see what that's like. That's something I think. I think yeah. I mean, roll I think that. You I could roll beat. that in a day. <laughs> I think you should like you know, you know, uh, bribe Molly into doing helping you with the supported BT seven hundred. Maybe three days, four days. So. Yeah, we'll see. I think if it was supported, I'd have a hard time not just going <laughs> as hard as I could. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So that's, that's exciting. I'm glad to see that, you know, the bikepacking is growing, you know, certainly, as you say, it's, it's lots of these routes for training. You know, I have lots of clients that come up and do even just portions of some of these routes. So thank you for all yeah. the, the effort on that. Is there uh we'll link to it's bikepackingontario.com is this new website that you have. You're like a, this is your part-time job. You're like a web uh, tycoon here. You have domains. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Just like, uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't expect it to a balloon quite like this, but um, as they say, everyone needs their purpose. Yeah. I found one, so yeah, well, that's uh, more than happy to get people out there on their bikes and exploring new areas. Yeah, there was one. What was the other thing? This isn't not even necessarily for you, but maybe to encourage people to come to Ontario. There was. Is there not a? Is there a tax write-off credit or something? Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought I saw this you here, pro- but. Yeah, only if you're if you're an Ontario resident, like if right. you have your listeners who are Ontario, that right. any accommodation they can put on their tax um, tax form for I guess it'd be twenty twenty three. If you're traveling so, around Ontario, yeah, yeah, okay. So if they, yeah, if, even if someone is using a campsite on one of the routes, then definitely uh, keep those receipts and use it. Cool. All right, and then anything else happening uh, nutrition wise or uh book wise or anything like that what are you up to when you're not bike packing or talking about bike packing <laughs> well i'm still really busy creating nutrition and recipe content for magazines and online you know health uh, areas like outside and men's health and that's and cool. publications like that so that keeps me pretty busy and that's actually what pays the bills so i can <laughs> keep on plugging away at the bike routes yeah yeah and you tried uh some blood testing stuff. What was the result of all the, the blood testing and, and that sort of stuff? You wrote yeah, we, uh, we did the inside tracker as well, which I know you guys have been working with. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, 
that was really interesting to find out the results on that. Okay. So I definitely needed to ramp up my vitamin D. I was really quite surprised on that. Okay. You are Canadian. Um, yeah. Yeah. I am Canadian, <laughs> but I was eating a lot of sardines and still supplementing. So, oh, wow. Wasn't enough. Okay. Um, well, that's, yeah. that's pretty easy. Cool. And I, I, I found the, the convenience, right. It's not for everyone, but I did find, especially, you know, if we're thinking of very Canadian centric, um, I don't think in the U S it's as big a deal, right. I think you can sort of order your blood test if you want to is my perception at least. Uh, but that convenience for some people is I think pretty worth it. Yeah. And just getting results that, um, you put, you won't get from a standard blood test, I think. Um, for, for example, I was, I had a lot of different iron things there that I'm still trying to sort out, but I would never have had that information from, uh, just a regular blood test. And I think, um, I mean, I wrote a really big detailed article on the pros and cons of all these kind of at home testing. Um, I mean, it's not slowing down. You can get athletes and, you know, weekend warriors and even anyone can now get their microbiome tested, you know, the the blood sugar monitoring, the constant blood sugar monitoring, um, you know, testosterone is now being tested more often. It's, it's, it's pretty exciting and scary at the same time. Mm -hmm. Where was this? You sent me that link. Where did you put this latest, the one on inside tracker and sort of blood testing? Where was that? Who did you write that? Uh, That was for triathlete magazine. Okay, cool. We'll put, we'll get the link for that as well then. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, it's been good, you know, catching up. We just want to do a short sort of like what's happening in bike packing. Uh, so, okay. I'll just keep badging you to get out there and bugging you. So. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> the pressure yeah. will be on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I probably need it, but I figure if I keep telling people about it, then I'll, at some point I'll have to do it. <laughs> I mean, I could mention that in early June, I'm running a two day, a two day kind of group ride on the no winter maintenance. Oh, so okay. Yeah. We have a, like a set group campground set up. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be like uh, free beer and a live, live music there. Okay. And things like that. Oh. So that's going to be cool. Uh, I'm really excited about that one too. And that would be on the BT site. Yeah. Yeah. So June 4th and 5th for that one. June 4th and 5th. So it leaves and leaves from Orangeville and returns Orangeville the next day. Okay, cool. And where is the campsite going to be? Uh, a lodge called Bowring Lodge up, um, up kind of like up towards your way, up Collingwood way there. Um, okay. And the owner, the owner is a huge supporter of like the bike packing routes that are coming through there. So i um, really excited. So. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds, and that's June. Yeah. That's probably good timing for a few people. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. And that would be another, you know, really good you know, kind of good training for any sort of mountain bike rides or anything like that later in the year, like in the season as well. Yeah. I mean, even your, that, I mean, it's the same area I send all my Leadville people from Toronto. They go and park in Orangeville, probably at the same Zares market or wherever you guys are parking there in Orangeville. And uh, so, yeah, really it's sort of <laughs> two big Leadville days. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That sounds good. There it is. Okay. No with Joan for today. And it's coming. So do you have the actual registration for that yet? Yeah. People just send me kind of their, uh, contact me and then I write, I keep their names on okay. file there. So, All right. um, yeah, it's almost, it's almost, I think it's about 50 riders so far, so I can still handle a few more. Oh, um, that's cool. That'll there's be- a limit to like, 
how big you know how, how big the camp area can be but again sure. um not everyone who signs up shows up so i definitely have still some gotcha still some space available there gotcha all right, cool. Well, I figured this would be easier to do. We don't have to, well, we're not recording anymore, but um, okay. yeah, good. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, like I say, it's more selfish because I've been toying with this and I'm like, ah, maybe I should just ask Matt more about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Like, because I, I mean, I'm more of a tourer. I'm never kind of like this to be person. So, like, I would always approach for me, like, the BT is like a five day ride where I like, I mean, I even bring my own camp stove and make dinner and everything, which yeah. people who are going for speed obviously don't do. Right. So it's sometimes hard for me to relate, but. Well, um, and then it gets to like, is that the, like, it's sort of like a spirit of gravel, I guess. What is that? But, um, you know, it wasn't really meant to have people like drafting cars and so forth. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess bikepacking is just what you want to make it out to be. I don't really. Yeah. I don't really stress about those things. I mean, people say supported, but like, to be honest, like the people like Theo last year, who like the really fast people are caring so little and they're so good at their food stops or whatever. It's not, it's not that much of a big difference between. So would he be under supported then? Do you think, or like he would be, yeah, he'd be, no, he'd be carrying all his own stuff, but it's so minimal. Yeah. That it's not like he's totally weighed down. So. um, Oh, so then it's like, is that even bike packing? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, like or versus supported versus unsupported. Like, there's not that massive difference that you think. It's not like if you're trying to envision somebody going around with like four huge panniers and everything. I mean, versus someone who's got car support, it's not as much difference because like the racers will just have small bags. So let's. uh, What I was thinking, there is drafting cars, but there's also uh, bike swaps. So then ride a mountain bike at portions. I would carry nothing. I would only take bottles. Yeah. And just do like really aggressive like car support. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so I don't know how mad people would be about that. You're always gonna as long as you're on it, I think it's just about honest. Yeah. Like so you mentioned like I could create that, you know, a, a header or like supported fastest mm-hmm. no time. And you just define what supported is, and that's car support. Yeah. Um do I think like Molly should be driving really slowly in front of you while you? Well, that's her? that's the question. There's no rules, right? Yeah, so it there's is. no rules. Yeah, exactly. And then is that different than? I mean, it's 700k, so you get you know seven buddies to come for 100k stretches and draft the whole time. Yeah, so that's the other, right? So it's. I don't think. I mean, this isn't the Olympics or whatever, <laughs> so it should be just honestly. It should be just whatever you want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think mostly it would be funny, but. Um, I think the only stipulation is always like if somebody really wants their name on the fastest known time, they need to follow the route. Oh, they sure. Can't, they, they can't take all like detours and stuff and like want yeah. me to put up like fastest known time. Like, um, like I was, yeah. I mean, some people send me their their uh, GPS upload and I'll just, you know, take a look at it and make sure, okay, they didn't cut out. It's pretty hard over <laughs> 700, right? To, to find all the little nooks and crannies and that's the other heart when you get tired is the navigation becomes more challenging. Well, and that's, I think really that probably the, the most supported you could like the car thing is sort of random, but I mean, for drinks and maybe a bike swap, mm-hmm. but uh, I think having people, if you could arrange again, it's a big operation, but to have people who know, you know, have the garment, the but even know the area, know the yeah, route, have sure. ridden it. Like just where there's just zero, you don't even have to think about, you're just following the person. 
and they're, you know, checking in on you. I think that would be like such an advantage. Yeah. Uh, sure. Even drafting aside, just like, yep, turn left, turn right. Yeah. <laughs> if, and there's so like a route like BT7, there's not much drafting you can do because there's so many like, you know, unmaintained or trail sections or whatever. It's not really, you it's not like you're getting down. a wind kind of advantage. Well, and that's um, even, yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I thought like going up to just, Owen Sound though was pretty demoralizing and just, you know, flatter and straighter. Um, or is, no, there's enough variety. Or, and then there, it, does it use that rail trail a fair bit? A little bit, but not as much as okay. like, not the whole. Yeah, because it gets yeah, pretty. I tried to like, it gets like, pretty um, brutal in places. Uh, like yeah, rough rail trail is probably the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, you just yeah. Have you, you done the Simcoe Loop? I don't know if that would be your thing or not. I've never gotten up there to yeah to do that. It's interesting because it's a loop. I, I think you have to keep reminding yourself like this is unique and worth it because it's a loop. Yeah, that exists. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's not nothing special, but it's got a yeah, few somebody, of those just like. Somebody Rrr. called it the easiest century they've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you definitely, as you say, your approach in like stop and get a beer or a coffee or something will make you feel better. We did it like in a, it was like a group of masters and we just, it was, we didn't stop really and it was raining. And so my, I'm sort of jaded on it. Yeah. But I'd be interesting to create a, like a, it could be interesting creating a, like a supported thing. And then that would get more, um, yeah, that could get more of like different style of riding in there and stuff like that too. And open it up. I'm like, I mean, to me, as long as people are riding them, I don't really care that much. It's, I mean, <laughs> I, if, oh, that's what I figured. The website now, there's a company that can offer support. I saw that there just when I was clicking through. Yeah, they have like a big tank, it looks like, or something. Yeah, like if you had a group of people like didn't want to carry all your stuff, that, I would even, I would do that, like for sure. That, like to me, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Like all I have to do is carry my day food and and like have this kind of espresso machine <laughs> everywhere. That would, yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. I wonder, so they know the route really well? I don't want to say they know the route, but they would like figure out like set mm. kind of yeah you'd have to pick up set like uh, meeting spots or whatever gotcha but that's cool because they would transfer all your um they can transfer all your uh like gear sure toward like, hotel or campground cool um, so yeah if you ever hear of groups or something or want to do a little more plush that's the way to go sure <laughs> well that's i don't know that's what i'm trying to decide is if i just go for it or do I do something like that? Just like a three day, sort of like you were saying, like a training camp wise, like do you roll it first, uh, just supported, but like th over three days with like actual sleeps. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, for, part of me yeah. wants like for the sake of like pre-riding, if you're going to put all this energy into going all night and all day. Yeah. But then it's like, well, if I just get people who <laughs> have garments and just throw caution to the wind. But there's so many variables like obviously the weather makes a difference and how you're feeling and it's uh hmm. yeah it's a tough one do you think that that june when you do the grand part is that like is part of the reason because the weather is like a good balance of you know long yeah, it's, it's it, long days i guess partially too but like it's not too yeah. hot it's not too wet yeah i used to run it in july and i found july now is becoming a like it's, for some reason on that route, the bugs are worse. Like there's actually like the deer flies seem to come out and things. Um, but July seems to be hot and stormy now, I'm finding. 
and June seems to be the drier month. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, once you get right by the summer solstice, you can ride till like 10 o'clock. All right. That sounds great, Matt. I don't want to take up any more of your time, but we'll make sure to link to all of that in the show notes and we'll see you out on a bikepacking route very soon. Okay. Thanks, Peter. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts and check out our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram at consummateathlete and we will see you next week.